0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide.
1: Hi there. Welcome to Monday morning, 9 o'clock. It's time for Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM here in Irvine. And before I have a very special guest on the show, Carrie Hannon, Uh, she is from Forbes Magazine, she's written the Second Verse blog, also a U.S. News and World Report contributing editor and author of this wonderful book called What's Next? Follow Your Passion, Find Your Dream Job. I just want to tell you about our fun drive. Well, as some of you know, we are a volunteer staff, okay? Our staff has about 120 volunteers we're a very eclectic alternative radio station here in Orange County. And without your support, we couldn't keep things going. We've got a great mix of music and talk and a whole bunch of great things going on. And right now, uh, until about, I think it's tomorrow, yes, tomorrow, we have our fun drive. And we have uh, people standing by to take your donations. And we've got some great gifts from you, from T-shirts to CDs, all kinds of wonderful things. And all you have to do is call 949 Again, that's 949-824-KUCI. And, uh, you know, it's your way of showing us how much you love K C I, And, unfortunately, UCI has lowered their support to KUCI by 20% in the last three years. So we look to you to help keep things going. So, again, that number, 949-824-KUCI. Up next, Carrie Hannon, from Forbes magazine and author of What's Next. Good morning, Carrie. Hey there. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you doing?
1: Great, great. So wonderful to have you on the show.
0: Well, it's great to be on your show.
1: I wanted to, I thought it was very fitting, by the way, because my sh- new show is called Get the Funk Out. Yeah. And uh always caused people to giggle a little because they're like, what's that all about? And your book is really about people doing different things maybe they never dreamed of, right?
0: Yeah, I think it is stuff that, that you know, it's maybe not always something you dreamed of from the time you were a little kid. And and just through the course of your life, something hits you or, you've, you know, you start off on a new direction that, that you end up in a place where you never dreamed you were going to be. And it's amazing. You yes. know. So it's been a lot of fun meeting meeting folks in their journeys.
1: How did you uh, get involved in all this, writing this book?
0: yeah well it was great i was uh, writing for u.s news and World report and they asked me if i would uh, write a column for them called second acts Mm -hmm. and they invited me to do the column about once a month and i could travel around the country and meet folks who had done one thing for 20 or 30 years and just switched courses to do something completely different and at the time so i spent actually over the course of a couple of years meeting uh, a variety of people across the country and at the time we really focused on on the baby boomers, Mm -hmm. who um, may have just been either burned out or took an early retirement package or whatever. Um, And as I moved forward in the reporting, I met people that maybe changed jobs uh, because or careers because they needed to. I mean right. they had lost a job in today in the economy that that came around in 2008. So so I got a mix of people some had the luxury to take some time to make a transition and others had to do it a little more quickly.
1: Sure and so, and obviously change can be scary but then the long-term effect can be so positive and fun and change you into a different person.
0: Yeah, I mean it's really true and I think I think that there's fear is a huge factor because we don't know, you know, what we're heading off on and and for many people the The money part of it is really scary. Like, how can I possibly make money doing this? Yes. Um, and so, I mean, right. that's a very genuine concern. Of course. So, um, it really pays to, you know, the the people I met who were most successful at making a transition to doing something that um, really was re- or is rewarding to them and. Um, Makes a difference in people's lives uh, as well, and we're the ones who had the luxury of time to plan it out and save their money and do all those that homework ahead of time.
1: Yes, yes. Well, and there's nothing more um, positive than you're talking to somebody that is so energetic about what they do. Um, it's like when I started this other show, Moms Rock the House, or even this show. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when I tell people about it, I really um, I'm proud of it. I'm excited. Whereas I remember my days, I I told you this a while ago, I was sitting in a cubicle uh, designing training programs, not the most exciting time of my life. I mean, it paid great, but somehow the money just wasn't doing it for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, the thing is, it's funny, after I would interview, and and I'm still interviewing uh, people in this mar in this area too because I write a a blog for for Forbes, the column called second verse, and so i 'm still meeting people all the time and what it is is I leave these interviews and it 's not that I necessarily want to do what that person is doing. I mean, one woman you know, I interview, spend time with, runs a homeless shelter, or mm-hmm. someone else has a winery. It's not that I could see myself doing it, but as you said, I'd walk away completely inspired by these people because That's <laughs> I wanted to be like them. You know, That's to have great. that sort of passion for what they were doing. And in fact, when you and I talked, I felt. I mean, you are like such a perfect second actor because you, you are totally passionate about what you do today. And and. You know, it had always been radio and television, what you loved. Right, right. And you circled back to it. And, you know, I can hear it in your voice today, as I could back then, that you're like, wow, this is so cool. I'm doing something that I always, you know, had wanted to do and studied initially in school. But got off that path to make money. I
1: did, you know, and also I wasn't really confident. I I would set uh, Syracuse University and I would take classes in TV and radio, and I just didn't have the confidence that some of these other students that went on to do other things and but it always was in the back of my mind that you know maybe someday, and I mean, if you don't mind, can I share this story about voiceover because it's oh, kind of yeah, funny no, I
0: absolutely, I was hoping you would because okay. I love your story
1: it's a funny story and i and I like sharing it, so I remember um my husband was so encouraging he'd say, "Go take some voiceover classes. I had met um somebody at a uh, Syracuse alumni event. she was an older woman, she was an actress. And uh, I told him about her, and she had said, you know, you have to call my teacher. I want you to do this right away. You better promise me. And she wrote on a little cocktail napkin when we had to introduce ourselves. And I I called the woman that day, and it was snowing, and I went to my first class. And I remember people were just as nervous as I was. We'd have to get up there and read commercial copy. And um, this one woman, I, I remember in particular, she was an older woman, and the teacher knew that she was nervous. She said, You know what? I'm gonna help you. She said, I want you to throw in an expletive after every few words. And we're all <laughs> like, What? And um and so she's like, I can't do that. She said, Yes you she said, Yes you can and by the end she had this woman skipping around the room swearing <laughs> reading a commercial about, you know, laundry detergent. It was so funny and so freeing and I continued to study with her for a good, I think it was eight months, nine months, and I say that because I was pregnant. And I'd go to her classes, waddle in, it was such a joke, you know, and I would um, learn from her, and it was so great. It was a wonderful thing.
0: And the thing is, you were able to start taking your classes at night while you were still doing your other work. Right. Right. Um, so that you you weren't totally stressed out about the money no. or what have you, which it was a not that you know I want to dwell on that part, but I think that's that's part of the fear for people. And you were able to do it, you know, same plan ahead. That, well, you didn't plan it to happen, but right. the way it worked out was perfect.
1: And how cool do we feel when we're doing something that we've always dreamed of? I mean,
0: I mean, it is so it's like so energizing. And the fact is, most people who. Um, who are, have been able to make this transformation and this sort of, um, I always think of it as redeploying their skills to something that really matters to them. Right. <laughs> but but um, that they, you know, they often work harder, and maybe you do as well, I think, that than you might have in your, even what you were doing before, but it doesn't matter. Yes. Because, in, it, in the time goes quickly, and because there's so much um, reward coming back at you, that it, that it doesn't even seem like work.
1: I know, I know. You, you're just passionate, and it's exciting. And, and that... Um, rubs off on the people around you too. I mean, people can tell. I know people could tell with me um, that you know something was going on. You know, I, I don't really share with everybody that I do voiceover. I do other things, but it, it's just something that keeps me going.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's not like every day's perfect. Like every oh, no. you know, every time you do a radio show, it's just like oh, a dream come true. Right. But you know what? It, the thing is that it's all right because yes. you learn from it's. I think part of it, too, is that you re-engage your mind again. You're learning all the time right. as you embark on a new journey in a new direction. It sort of re-energizes your life that way because you're mentally engaged in a way that when you've been doing something for a while, it's easy to start doing it by rote or uh, there's expectations built into it. And when you start a fresh path, it's like, okay, well, You know, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and each day is a learning, part of the learning curve.
1: That's right. And we get in a rut, and then when you can get out of the rut somehow, some way, even small steps, Mm -hmm. wow, what a difference.
0: And, you know, it's good good that you brought that up, and I think that that's something that when people are thinking about, you know, I – you know, how many people on Sunday nights say, I don't want to go to work on Monday, you know? Sure. <laughs> but if you're starting to feel like you're in a rut, that that, that things you've been, you know, is this all there is in life, is doing what I'm doing on a weekly basis, you know, you start mm-hmm. with one thing. You know, you start taking one class at a time, like, with I mean, to use your example, you started taking a class in the evening. Yes, you know, you didn't sign up for an immediate, I'm going to go get this graduate degree right now and this. Right. I'm just going to take a class here and see where it leads.
1: Right, exactly. You know, yes, yeah, it's small steps, and and they make you feel good. It's not like if you take too many, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're like, I can't handle this, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Or and I think it's true, and I think with sometimes when people start, they're like, oh, I've got to, you know, you sign up for a, a full program or you you know, just launch, you know, without having done your prep work, then then your chances of success are not so good, and it ends up not being what you had hoped it might be for you. So right. I think, but I think that the opportunities, if if you can step back and really play with it a little bit before you you launch off in your new direction, you're really um, better set up for success.
1: I, I highly agree. You know, I what I want to also tell you is, when I was living in Boston, I'd actually gone through a really tough period. I had lost my job, and I was doing freelance work and um, my personal life was kind of in shambles and I mean I was young but you know when you're young you think oh you know woe is me and I remember (laughs) you know and I remember taking um, even a pottery class and it was so therapeutic just to throw the clay on the wheel and try to create something and it sounds silly but as adults we forget how to play.
0: We, oh my gosh, I love that. That is so true. You know, you forget how to play because every all of a sudden everything is so serious and and has all these repercussions and
1: too serious,
0: <laughs> too <laughs> so serious. Right. But I I think that um, you know it, the 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 one of the biggest tips I give people is you know to not make any rash decisions to you know take it take your time and figure out what it is. See a lot of people say I want to do something different, but I really don't know what it is. So often you need to step back and say, okay, what are the things. That I like to do when I was younger. What were the things that, you know, I really enjoy doing now? That's not part of my work, and sort of start, you know, playing around with the different parts of, 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 what makes you happy and what you're good at. You even have to ask people sometimes because sometimes they see things that you do extremely well that you don't even focus on because it's so natural.
1: Right, and it's hard for people to say what they're good at.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really that's is true. You know? Yeah, yeah, especially women.
1: <laughs> it is.
0: It completely <laughs> I, is. I think that's very true, but. But I think we all have something that we would we always sort of tinkle around with and say, hey, you know, someday I'm going to get back to doing that. So why not get started now? And this is great. You know, one thing, and this is often something that um, I think is excellent advice for anyone, even if you're currently working in a job you love or, or have something that's taking up your time that, that you enjoy a lot, is that, I, tend, I tell people to look at themselves as a small business, mm-hmm. and it's like you Inc. And so mm-hmm. everything you do, every client you have, they're a client. So if you're working full-time, that's your main client. But you should always be playing with something on the side maybe and building out a passion or a dream on the side until you're ready to move into it.
1: Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because you want to you wanna try something new. I mean, obviously we talked, you know, change is scary, but you've got to try somewhere. You've got to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. And often, you know, I find that people are pushed into making a change is when they've had a bit of a life crisis. I mean, something has happened, whether they've had a health scare themselves or they've lost someone they love. Or in the case of when I was reporting my book, nine eleven had a huge impact on people, mm-hmm. whether they lost someone they knew in that uh, tragedy or not. But it made them say, okay you know, is this what life is all about? Is this what I should be doing? And it sort of made them pause to rethink what they were doing. So so often it, it does take something to kind of pull you up short before you step back and say, is this really what I want to be doing? But, you know, it sounds trite, but, you know, life really is short. And if you have the opportunity to explore other areas and other facets of yourself, I think it's just you really um, can dig in and found, find some pretty exciting things to do and also to contribute.
1: Yes, yes. You know, what I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about your backstory, how you got started at Forbes, your your second verse blog.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm just a, a I just grew up loving. I always knew I wanted to be a writer, which is interesting, but I I didn't know how I could possibly make money at it. And uh, my passion was actually horses. Oh, and so <laughs> <laughs> I would start. You know, when I'd go around and go to to horse shows and compete, I would start writing profiles of professional horsemen and, and women and sell them to horse magazines. So I started to say, hey, this is kind of fun. Um, and when I graduated from college where I went to school, we didn't have a journalism program or what have you, but I kind of figured out journalism would be a way to make some money at writing. Okay. And, um, and my dad always got Forbes magazine at home. And so I thought, well, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of little girls wanting to please their father. But I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go work for Forbes Magazine. And, you him. know, I, sure, right? So, <laughs> so I, um, I would send off my resumes, and I, but I, in the meantime, I. Put together, I went back home to Pittsburgh, and I started writing for anybody who would have me. I did a nightlife column for the Pittsburgh Magazine, my hometown. I wrote a, a dance column for an alternative newspaper. I covered school board meetings for the local paper. I mean, I would That's do and anything anybody would let me do. Okay. And one day I called Forbes magazine. I'd sent my resume and said, "I'm going to be in New York. Can I come by for an interview?" And Look you know, amazing the hoods that you can have. And <laughs> and they saw me. They let me come to visit them. And I told the woman who interviewed me this: the thing is, it was the only magazine my dad got at home, and blah blah blah. Oh, funny! And um, they didn't have a job for me, but but you got you know, an interview. But I got in the door. And you know what? Six months later, they called me and said, "Do you want to move to New York? We have a job as a reporter." And believe me, I <laughs> packed my stuff in garbage bags and off. W- I went, while you
1: were on the phone. <laughs>
0: You know, when you're in your 20s, you don't have that much stuff. So so I, you know, and it was just phenomenal. And so Forbes, just because it was kind of like my graduate school, and I was there for about five years and and, uh, went all over the world doing stories for them as a younger person. And then went off, worked for a bunch of other people as as your career move and as a, a, uh, I hate to say it, but at the time, one way to get your salary up, and Mm -hmm. particularly for women in, in those days, was to change jobs. Okay. And um, so I went from Forbes to Money. Uh, where did I go? Forbes to U.S. News and World Report. Okay. To Money Magazine to um, to um, USA Today, and then I, I wrote a bunch of books along the way. And the thing is that everywhere I went, I never burned any bridges. And then at one point at USA Today, I said I was miserable. I mean, I just hated going going to work for a daily newspaper. I really liked my people I worked for, and my mm-hmm. editors were great, but I didn't like the daily grind. And right. so I quit, and um, I started what I consider my own business. So for me, that is my second act, is having my own business. I see myself as, you know, I'm a freelancer now, but now I, I write about all kinds of different things, and I've gone back to writing for Forbes, doing the second first blog. Off Which of, I
1: love. I love that. <laughs>
0: it's really fun. Yeah. And off of, you know, because What's Next came out, but, you know, I've done books on... on women you know suddenly single money skills for retirees and widows and a retirement guide for women and a book about navajo weavers you know so it's been a lot of fun the journey and um so it's it's it, writing is the core but i've been reinventing myself as i go along
1: look at that Always. You're always doing it. And you always know you want to be a writer. So that's great.
0: Yeah, I was fortunate that way. It is really... Uh, but now, now Jane, i got to write that book about horses now.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> that would be the real thing. <laughs> but, you know, I encourage people, not everyone has that, that they know right away that it's something. But, but again, that point we made early on is that a lot of people think, well, I can't, you know, I can't change careers. Or a lot of people have to change what they do because their job no longer exists. Right. You know, if they've lost their job or they've been downsized from a company... And changing careers is really daunting, but if you think of it as not reinventing so much as redeploying—that mm-hmm. word I used before—because I think a lot of us have skill sets that really do work in lots of different fields and industries, and you just might not realize that you know what you're doing here, you can transfer elsewhere. That's right. And, and uh, if, if I can sort of babble on about one story oh, from ahead. my book, a guy I just absolutely adore from my book—he he was a career Navy guy, uh, captain in the Navy, and. When he took a mandatory retirement from the Navy, he was um, based out there in San Diego, and he um, he could have gone on to, he was 55, so there there was a lot of working years ahead of him, too, and he could have... Perhaps gone to work for the defense department or maybe even a, a commercial airline if he had chosen to. But he always loved the circus and and so what he did is is he said, you know, I really wanted to get a job in the circus and I so love he this. searched around <laughs> and what have you and would manage to get a job with the big Apple Circus. So mm. he ran away with the circus. <laughs> <laughs> and and his wife was a nurse and she came along as the wardrobe designer. Good for um, her, not and, thinking and he'd lost is, his
1: mind. Yeah. He
0: said, Carrie, it's not so different. The Navy and you know, the military and the circus (laughs) is not that different when you think about it and what he meant is he took his leadership skills and organizing people he became the company manager so at the circus so what he was doing is using a lot of the same skills he used in his job at the Navy as a leader and and uh, moving people from place to place and all those things that go into that job right
1: well I want to tell you there's nothing worse than hearing somebody say don't you want to use your degree
0: Um, Because
1: I have a graduate degree. I have two graduate degrees. And I remember people saying, you know, don't you want to use your doctorate? Don't you want to use your da-da-da? But you're using your uh, degrees. You're using your skill set all the time. It's, you know, your education is lifelong. No one can take that away from you.
0: I think that's so true. And I think actually going through a graduate program and doing that sort of advanced uh, education, what it does is it it just teaches you how to learn even better. Right. You know, it makes you you a more critical thinker. It makes you um, sort of look at things from a different perspective. And I think you do always probably touch back on those, the things that you needed to do at that time to to get through the degree program.
1: Right. And I actually was very young when I um, went and got my doctorate, and I call it mental boot camp. Because it kind of helped me in so many ways just get focused and do something different, use my time wisely. And, um, yeah, and I don't beat myself up over when people say that anymore, but I used to when people say that. Yeah,
0: because it's expensive to go back and get a great degree. Right. And you think, oh, my gosh, I should be really taking advantage of that, marketing it. And right. How many? I know a lot of people who went and got law degrees, and they're certainly not lawyers today. But, you know, it's helped them, you know, be journalists and all sorts of other things. But the other thing you just mentioned about, you know, school and one other way that where you what you do when you go to school is you develop a network of people who are studying with you. And and that opens up this whole networking opportunity, which which is something that really launched you as well.
1: It really did. And, you know, I always look at. Life is a is a journey. I know it sounds silly and cliche and everything, but it really is. And then to keep your mind open to all the networking possibilities, and whether you're you know how I how I met you is I was looking at uh, USA Today and I read your article about your book. Uh, and yeah. I've never been shy about contacting people in the newspaper. I think it's really interesting because you never know who you're going to meet.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's true. And it's sometimes you know it's just send, firing off a quick little email, and you never know where the path is going to take you.
1: Right. Right. I really think, um, I just want to share with you, I when I was in my 20s, I remember thinking, I don't want to have a typical summer job again. I, I had worked at a dry cleaner for three years. It was really tough work. It was six days a week. It was incredibly hot, and it was just such long hours. And I didn't want to, d- I did this for three years, 16, 17, 18. And when I hit 19, I, I did something else, like I was the... Uh, this, uh, security guard in our neighborhood it was like nobody ever came by there was no reason <laughs> to have a security guard <laughs> I didn't have to wear a uniform it was so it was so funny, it was the funniest thing and then I said I've got to do something else, something different and I remember thinking I want to rent an ice cream truck uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I mean I just was always looking for something different and then my dad we did the math like you got to buy the supplies and the this and the gas and I'm like no, nah, maybe not and then I ended up painting houses
0: Wow, you were so industrious.
1: Uh, well, I Good. just was always looking for something different, kind of go against the norm of what a girl would typically do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the funniest experience. I worked for a college pro painters, and I remember it was uh, there was another girl and myself. And by the end of the summer, they made me foreman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Way to go, girl! I love that.
1: And I, at the time, I mean, now you probably couldn't get me on a sixty-foot ladder, but at the time, <laughs> right. we'd be on these ladders, we'd be talking. We really enjoyed ourselves. We listened to music. We worked hard. We learned about painting and the whole process, and it was it was a very interesting experience. I would have I would recommend it to anybody in their twenties. It was very interesting.
0: Oh, you know, see that's fun. I mean, I think, but you know what? I think in our whole lives, you know, everybody gets caught up in these career paths, and I think the economy is changing that for a lot of people because they're making us oh, make yeah. different changes, but. I think you cobble together your your career path. I mean, I think it's always just like you do when you're younger, you do all kinds of like really interesting summer jobs like you're just saying and 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 then as an adult, you can, you know, I think a lot of folks in their 20s actually versus when I was coming up through school Mm-hmm. Do think of their careers as seasons. You know, I'm going to do this now, maybe do some nonprofit work and that sort of thing, and then I'm going to go into maybe working for a corporation for a while. They don't feel so fixated on a path, and um, and I think that that that's a healthy way to look at your career is kind of um, building blocks. They're yes. all you do all kinds of different things that kind of weaves together a neat little quilt of what of who you become.
1: That's absolutely true. That is so true. So true. We have to take a short break, and then we'll be back more with Carrie Hannan, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM. Stand by, Carrie. Mm -hmm. Hi, we're here live at KUCI to talk to one of KUCI's biggest fans, Agnes Rosenblatt, who's been listening to KUCI and supporting the station's Fun Drive since it started. So, Agnes, I hear you have the latest scoop on KUCI's
2: upcoming Fun Drive. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the fun drive. It takes place November 1st to the 8th. And I see you're wearing one of KUCI's vintage T-shirts. Are you calling me vintage, dear? No, no, I was just wondering where you got that. Why, you accusing me of swiping it or something? Why, you little... (laughs) No, I- I'll loosen up a little. I'm just pawing your leg. You see, when listeners donate to the station, well, they're showing the love and appreciation. Uh, and that's what I did, and I got this nifty T-shirt and a cool CD. It's one of those premiums they offer. But but you can donate any amount, really. And how'd you make your donation? Well, I used my credit card, but your listeners can also do it online at uh, KUCI.org All over the phone. Well, the t-shirt looks great, Agnes. Well, thank you. They had such a large selection of vintage t-shirts. Well, I want to thank you, Agnes, and KUCI's listeners for supporting the station. Do you have anything else you want to add? Why, yes. Don't forget to support KUCI's Fun Drive, November 1st to the 8th, because I heard it's going to be the best... (coughs) ...one ever! Oh, Agnes, you can't say that over the air. Oh, put a sock in it, dear.
0: KUCI presents a series of pointers to promote tolerance and cultural awareness. By following these simple steps, KUCI
2: listeners can create a better world for all. Tip number two, volunteer at a local social services organization. For more ways to promote cultural awareness, stay tuned to KUCI. Gruff has some net safety tips for you We're surfing the net and staying cool. Listen close and you will agree. McGruff we'll and Scruff know their net safety. Remember net safety and you can have fun. Learn about it. For more information on how to be safe on the Internet, visit my website at www.mcgruff.org. A message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.
1: Hi there, you're listening to Get the Funk Out right here at KUCI 88.9 FM. Before we come back with more from Carrie Hannon of Forbes Magazine and her second first blog and also talking about her book, What's Next, just want to share with you our fun drive is happening right now, today and tomorrow, and we would love your support. This is the only time of the year we come to you to to support the station. And, unfortunately, UCI has lowered their support by to KUCI by 20% in the last three years, so we look to our listeners to help support us. And we have some great, great things to give back to you. We have some uh, people standing by to take your calls. All you have to do is call 949-824-KUCI. That's 949-824-KUCI. And we've got T-shirts, CDs, tickets to shows, all kinds of great things just want to share with you a few facts about KUCI. It's run by a volunteer staff. Our current staff has over about 120 volunteers. We're a very eclectic alternative radio station in Orange County. We're the only one, actually. And different donations can bring you different uh, items, CDs, like I said, T-shirts, all kinds of great things. So just give us a call. Help support the station. Show your love. And it's 949-824-KUCI. And we're back with Carrie Hannon from Forbes Magazine, welcome back, Carrie.
0: Hey, great to be here
1: So, I would love to talk about your book. Uh, this has been obviously a very, very tough time for people, and tell me how you came up with this idea of what's next?
0: Well, I think it's you know i th- I saw it as a as an interesting time in in our history where people are you know for many reasons um, continuing to to work as they age, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, even people who have worked um, and and even to the normal retirement age, say 60, 65 or whatever, you know, if you're living, you're living longer and healthier and people are not just, it's sort of this awkward age, but we've never been at before, but people are continuing to pursue careers at at a later age than than they had before. So they may have done something for 20, 30 years and and they have enough time to go back and do something for another 10, 15, or even 20 sometimes. So, I mean, there's time to restart and, and and do something new. And then in addition to that, there's a whole other population of folks whose jobs that they were in because of the, the changes we've had in our economy and downsizing since 2008 and what have you, that, that their jobs no longer exist. And so there's... They they need to reinvent and re recreate, and so I got excited about the idea of saying, okay, let's instead of sitting here whining and saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to do and wringing hands, let's look at some positive stories of how people, you know, successful uh, changes that people have made, and look at what they did that made them successful. And I found that there were there was a common spine of things that people did that helped them make the transition to something new and make it successful. So instead of, you know, I really wanted to look at it from from a positive angle of, of what are solutions if you're in that situation.
1: Right, right. You know what's interesting is, um, I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes, you know, an idea is not, it doesn't just a great idea doesn't just come to you sometimes. Sometimes it's nurtured. So I might come up with an idea for something, and then I'll just let it sit. I'll let it settle. I'm not kind of impulsive where I just say, okay, that's it. So if I, I, I exercise. So I'll think about it and think about it, and then I put it aside. So what I'm suggesting is take small steps, nurture your idea, uh, run it by your loved ones, share your idea, and then go for
0: it yeah i think you're you're straight on there. I mean, I think those are all really great great tips and and it it works for people and I mean you need to find a place to start mm-hmm. and you don't know, need a precise definition of what you know before you get going but start start getting an idea of what you want to do and then take those steps you know it doesn't there's no ideal starting point you know you just have, just start doing small steps towards your vision um, on a regular basis and I think that that's very key and getting the support of of um people around you is key because if you're making a change and if it's a career change, you know, there are ups and downs. It can be stressful. You need, you know, you need people at your back. They don't have to own your dream, but they need to support you. It'll make it a heck of a lot easier. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of people get the sort of inner enemy, too, that they say, you know, I can't possibly do that, or I'm too old to start over doing that, yes, or yes. You know, I don't have enough education to do that. you got to reframe that. And I often say, and it's a little woo-woo, but, you know, write it down. You know, if you mm-hmm. think you're too old or something, write it down in a notebook and reframe it in a positive way. You know, say that, you know, I am going, I, I do have these skills. I am going to be able to use them in a new career and sort of block that old negative message. You need to move forward with a positive attitude that you can do it. Yes. And I, and I think um, that's really helpful. And and it's a uh, two other really important things to remember is, you know, just because you love something doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make a great new job for you. So I always tell people, you know, be careful not to ruin your hobby because there is a difference between something that's your hobby and something that is going to be an ideal, spark, you know, a job for your career. And there was a, a woman I profile in What's Next, and she had um, an early retirement package uh, from her company, and so she, you know, was in her 50s, and she had plenty of time to keep going, and she wanted to keep working. She needed to, in fact, uh, ultimately, but she said, well, you know, i am love to garden. She had a really high pace job in Washington as a as a lobbyist and stuff. And she said, well, I love to garden. I'm going to be a landscape designer. Oh. And so as soon as she got out <laughs> and started really spending time in the garden, she was miserable. She said, I hate gardening now. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was miserable because she was really lonely. It was oh. too, she's a people person. She thrived on the energy of other people. And being alone in the garden was not, it was great when it was her hobby because it was a respite from the busy work world. Sure. But when it became her full thing, it just lost its its allure, and and she almost ruined her hobby. So she oh. said she quickly changed you know oh, changed good. tactics. But so that was one thing. And then I also think it's important to do the job. I think often we get these uh, dreamy ideas, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, I, I want to open an Italian restaurant. I mean, that's a little ambitious, but nice. I profile a guy who did that in the in my book, and he was an investment banker, and he uh, decided that after 9-11 that he didn't want that kind of lifestyle anymore, and so he and his wife loved to cook, but that certainly didn't qualify them to open uh, a, a restaurant. And Tim went out, and he worked in every red sauce joint you can imagine. I mean, he learned to sauté. Good for him you know yeah. he washed dishes he did everything to say hey you know what i think i can do this okay, you know and right. and in fact he's been very successful but it didn't happen overnight he spent he did you know he spent the time actually doing the job and i think that's whether you're volunteering apprenticing what have you if there's any way you can just get get in the door and see what it's all about
1: that's so true you know you're interning you're being you're being an intern you're learning what it's all about and wasn't there a show a while ago that had people Who were lawyers who wanted to be bakers and they were interning? (laughs) Didn't they? Yeah,
0: I think there was. I can't think of the name of it, but that's the idea. I mean, and there's a guy, there's this great. uh, company that's called vocation vacations out in that's Portland it. Oregon yeah. and Brian Kurth runs uh, started that business and it's really kind of a cool idea because you can go take these vacations he sets you up with mentors so you're there for 4 days or something you know maybe it is a bed and breakfast but there's lots of other other he's lots of categories of jobs and occupations that you know you get it you know you get an opportunity to see firsthand and and do the job for a couple of days sort of shadowing the person who does it and and it's it's great because actually you meet somebody who's doing it, so it might it 's networking it's and so forth, but you also it sort of takes the uh, takes you behind the scenes
1: absolutely. I actually had a roommate um, when I got out of graduate school I was first living in Boston, and she was an attorney, and she said i 'm quitting my job i 'm going to write romance novels Ooh. so right you know where this is going (laughs) and so she uh, rented a cabin it was in Vermont and um, she, she just said all she did was eat and try to write and it was a total failure she gained weight and she just you know Failed at it miserably, you know, uh-huh. and but she had these dreams of being a romance novel writer, you know. And yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way.
0: Yeah, she needed to keep her day job, but yes. that's okay, you know. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you never know. I mean, it, but there, it is good she tried, you know, because right. she learned something about herself and and that what works for you know what's the I mean some careers are or some. Jobs are just not so easy to segue into if you're not sort of this natural talent at it. But I think there's so many opportunities out there to do things. And it's really, I mean, I just think it's it's great to go out and test the waters and, and you never know. For example, the woman who... I profiled in my book who ended up she lost her job and she didn't know what the heck to do. She didn't Mm -hmm. have any great, you know, outstanding passions or what have you. And she just would walk her dog along the river in in Providence, Rhode Island. And one day she's like, you know, I'm just going to volunteer at the homeless shelter. And she started volunteering. And the next thing you know, you know, because she had worked at a company and had a lot of leadership skills, she had some executive skills. They asked her to be on the board. And then the job opened up at the top, and now she's the executive director. (laughs) And, wow. and it's a great job. And she said, I would never have thought about it if I hadn't started by just coming in here to volunteer a little bit each week. And she said, Look now I that. cry every day, but it's for a good reason. <laughs> Look
2: at that. You
0: know, So it's a sweet story about how, you know, your next act, your next move sometimes come from the most unlikely things that you do. You open a door and you never know what's going to come out of it.
1: Absolutely. But you just have to be brave enough to open that door.
0: <laughs> there you go. You know, yeah. that's I mean, what it's all about. That's so true, and um you know also one thing that that people who start over and maybe you've discovered this too, and the people you've interviewed and met is that um when you when you start over, you're often uh go into grieving for what you did before because in the past you were maybe you were really a big shot at what you were doing, or people looked up to you and asked for your advice, and now you're sort of starting over as a junior person again or and, yes. and that's hard for a lot of people to do. Yes, And, and uh, you often need, I'm not saying you necessarily need a career coach, but you might need uh, you know, someone to talk to to kind of psychologically get your head around being a, a greenhorn again. That's and, true. And uh, be, willing to, be willing to ask the questions and not know all the answers. And that's, that's part of the excitement of the learning curve, too, I think.
1: That's right. That's right. I think I only grieved over the loss of money.
0: <laughs> That's what I would do. You know <laughs> That's so true though. I mean but money is really the biggest stumbling block it because is. you know and and I always tell people, you know, if truthfully if you really are serious about starting in a second career or a second act in retirement or what what age it may be, you know, um, be financially fit. I think you need to be spiritually, there's a couple of fit. You need to be financially fit. Mm -hmm. You need to be physically fit because it's really stressful. Uh, It it can be. Making change in general is stressful and the best, if you can be in good physical shape and you don't need to run, you know, a a wicked mile or anything, but just be in, and you have to be in good spiritual uh, shape. I think you need to Mm -hmm. have a sense of who you are and be able to find a place inside you that, that lets you deal with kind of the anxiety of new beginnings.
1: Yes, all the ups and downs.
0: Yeah, but financially fit, critical. Yes. I mean, the the, the folks that I, that I talked to that really were able to make that turn is that, you know, they had paid down credit card debt. If possible, they had paid off their mortgage or refinanced, and so that that nut was lower. You know, they really took a couple of years to clean the slate so that they had they were nimble enough to live on less money. Because I'll tell you the truth, when you start over in a new job or a new career, you probably are going to make less money. I mean that that's yes. just the way okay. it is. I mean you may eventually get back to where you were. But in the early days and particularly if you're starting your own business, I mean, it, it's gonna be a little bit of a slog at first. So you need to have a cushion. Right. You need to be prepared.
1: And you really have to come up with a budget and, you know, be smarter about how you're spending your money, maybe, you know, just not eat out a lot and Oh yeah. You know, just be really careful how you're spending your money. Like for instance, you know, you don't have to get the babysitter, maybe swap your kids with another family every yep. weekend and Be smart.
0: Yeah, I mean, doing the budget is critical. Do the budget. Figure out, you know, ahead of time, figure out what it it is that that you really need to live on. And, And downsizing, as I said, you know, learn to trim back those monthly nuggets, those monthly expenses. If you need more education, maybe try to get it while you still have your current job. And sometimes... If it, you may even find your employer can help you pay for some of that, or there's tax, there's ways that you can you can take advantage of some of the tax advantages of, of tuition. Um, but I do believe that there is, you know, you need to be financially as best you can because it's going to be a little bit, you know, you're going to be living on less at first. And, again, that's where, when you mentioned before, this is when you need your, your partners on board with you, too.
1: Absolutely. Can you share a couple of more success stories or fun little stories from your book about people that went, you know, from one thing to another thing, and it worked out well.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there was there was one um, an interesting uh, woman who she she worked at Fannie Mae, you know, she was doing technology and this sort of stuff, and she had it, you know, a pretty good job and all that. But Lisa, um, she was in her, I think, late forties or or so, mid forties, mm-hmm. and she had a scare with cancer, and she kind of like, was like, "Whoa, you know, wow. is this what it's all about?" She started. You know, sort of dabbling and learning a little bit about Chinese medicine and this and that, and sort of different techniques to kind of get through that period for herself. She got fascinated by acupuncture, and so okay. while she still had her her job, she went back to school and started studying acupuncture. And she did that over a period of three years, and she slowly built up her practice. and And she also did all those good things about you know paying off her car and you know her, her getting her mortgage paid down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she has made a tremendous. Um, success in, in Washington, D.C. here as an as an acupuncturist. And and that. she specializes in helping women uh, who have fertility problems actually. Amazing. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting... And she said, I would never have guessed that. I would, you know, she actually doesn't even have children herself. And Lisa said, I would never have guessed that. But it, that became an open path for her. that She found women coming to her for the sort of stress relief or whatever of going through fertility treatment right. and acupuncture. So, I mean, for her, and it's become a big part of her, her practice now. But so she was fun. I, I think that um, that the, we had, you know, I, I mentioned the circus guy who I absolutely <laughs> love. There's Jill Angel who was California Highway Patrol. <clears throat> she was the toughest cop. I mean, she was just amazing. <laughs> and she, um, but she got really, you know, she had some tough, that's a pretty tough job. I can um,
1: imagine.
0: And so, you know, she had... But she went through... You know, she had some sort of rough patches herself, and she ended up turning to music, she found was really healing for her. And, you know, she when she made a switch, she went from being a tough cop to a Nashville music agent. I mean, <laughs> who would have thought? But the, she's so tenacious. She's this tiny little thing. She's like 5'3", 120 pounds. But... Um, and she Amazing. was the high, California High Patrol for 22 years. And she... Um, you know, she decided, darn it, you know, I'm going to do this, and she had a cousin who was a songwriter, and she, she just put her mind to it and went to Nashville, and she's she's just had a ball with it, because she never took no for an answer. I mean, I she get could that. get in these doors that nobody else could get in, because she didn't <laughs> she didn't know that she couldn't, you Well, know? you
1: know, also she has that persona from being a police officer, so I don't think people are going to turn her down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I love her story, and also she just always makes me smile, but you know, I do have a guy who was a CNN producer who Mm -hmm. moved across the country to start a winery in Walla Walla, Washington. And and again, he studied. He spent the time being a cellar rat. Um, His wife was working, and so they were able to to move to from Atlanta to Walla Walla, which is much less living, mm-hmm. uh, the cost of living is lower. His wife continued working. They have two young girls, but but he went back and he took some courses. Obviously, he apprenticed. He worked. He did all the kinds of jobs that for all the different vineyards he could. Anyone who would have them. and now he built this nice network of people who help him. And he has, it's called trust sellers, and and it's a great wine actually. Look but he's that. also he's also just a really nice success story. And but he took his time. He didn't. He knew it wasn't going to happen overnight.
1: That's great. That's great. Because the truth is, these opportunities where you might not be getting paid a lot or getting paid anything, these little internship opportunities will lead to something else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really think it's true. It's like being willing to, to step back a little bit. And, and I honestly think volunteering or doing doing the job and asking, you know, asking for help, asking people who are currently doing those jobs, you know, what's it like? There's a great one that, that I just recently did, actually, that's kind of fun. This guy was in IT, and he actually designed, um, like, lottery systems and things. And he... Um, but he was one who always, when he was a little kid growing up in Texas, he would he loved books and he would look up at the counter of the the say, Gosh, he must have the greatest job in the whole world, you know. <laughs> and um, and now he's been able to with a lot. He spent a lot of years mapping this out, and just like two years ago, he opened an independent bookstore in New Jersey. Look at that. And uh, and he's you know, but he saved. He he um he really worked the numbers. He went. And you know, took classes and went to workshops and with the Independent Booksellers Association, and really, you know, and worked. At, you know, really took the time to see. Well, can I? In, in today's world, you know, opening an independent bookstore is not an easy path. No, but I, you know, I just think he might do it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so like so far, so good. He's on the path. You know, he didn't predict. He's not. You know, even taking a salary for himself right now. He has an employee or so. But he didn't plan to take a salary for himself for two years. Okay, that's you realistic. know. So yes. he saved enough that he was okay right. doing that, and he keeps a little consulting practice on the side. Look at that. So that helps balance it. You know, if you can start a new gig and be still earning some money on the side, that's ideal.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Now, Carrie, are you lecturing? Do you lecture about this? Or?
0: I do. I, I do. I love going out and giving talks about it, and giving people sort of the nuts and bolts of how to get started, and mm-hmm. and um, and it's just I get so high off of hearing that the people are every. There's this hunger for learning about how to reinvent or recreate or start down a path and and it's just fun to hear other people's stories and say okay so how did you start that and let me give you some ideas of where you can go next you know and i think um it is a lot of fun so i do i do get out and and um talk to folks and and give little workshops on this
1: That's great. That was really the inspiration for how i started this new show by the way. It's yeah. just, you know, getting out of your funk. Um, how do you how do you become creative? What are you doing that's new and different that you never dreamed of i mean there's all kinds of great stories that i've been hearing about.
0: Yeah, and there's there just there's so many of them. It just amazes me. And a lot of people, you know, the thing is, a lot of people do want to start their own business, and that's that's something that you need to really pay attention to because mm-hmm. it's it's important to be. And I think especially if you've been you know, sort of working in a in a corporate sort of job, it's there's this dream of I'm just going to work for myself. But and that's yeah. great, but make sure you're prepared to do it because it can be pretty solitary work.
1: Right, right. By the way, how do you find these uh, people to interview in your book?
0: I network, no. <laughs> you know, I just,
1: they find I meet, me. I meet
0: them, I talk to people, I yeah. say, do you know anyone who's doing something interesting? I read my alumni magazines, like, mm-hmm. you know, newspapers I pick up, I say, oh, yeah, God, that sounds really interesting, it's and great. so, I mean, even like, you know, I found a couple who, you know, they're they're chocolatiers, and they, you know, I found them because she went to my college, oh. so, you know, she went from teaching botany, you know, at a college to starting a, a little chocolate business.
1: Love it. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's – you know, I I think you find these people just uh, by asking and opening up because – and and lots of people, they want – but we all, I think um – Go to your I, – I advise people, you know, look around your alumni networks. And LinkedIn is a, actually a pretty good resource to look at people who may have gone to your school who are doing something in a field that interests you and, and see if you can connect with them and, and find out more about how it works and what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think um, less and less people are really st- obviously staying in one job. The way You know, at least my, my dad went from, you know, I was working here for years and then I went there. It's, we're all jumping and doing different things and trying new things.
0: Yeah, and you're, you're, I mean, we really are responsible for creating our own happiness and our own, um, and I think we find work doesn't have to be work. I mean, maybe sometimes it is you have to do something in order to feed your passion somewhere else, but, but I think it's really possible to take the talents and the skills that you have and, and use them at doing uh, something that really is meaningful to you and I think impacts other people in a positive way.
1: Well, this has been incredible. Can people go visit you? Where, where's your website? Where well, check please
0: come visit me at com. That's K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-N-N-O-N, com. And I have links there. that will take you to my Forbes blog and a little bit about the book. And I write for a bunch of other people, too. So you, you're apt to find something fun and interesting.
1: Great. And second verse will be on there, right? Yes, it is. Oh, good. I love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and second verse, another big thing is mentoring that I've been writing about a lot. I mean, it's really great to reach out and, and mentor people who are younger that, that want to learn about what you're doing and, mm-hmm. and reach out to ask people to help you. So I think a lot of us are afraid to ask ask people for help, and you don't have to ask them to do anything for you. You can just ask for their advice. Everyone likes to, to help, you know, and give advice.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been great having you on my show.
0: Well, thank you. This is so much fun. And I love your new show. This is terrific.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And um, so I'll, I'll stay in touch with you. And again, her book is called What's Next? Follow Your Passion and Find Your Dream Job. And you've been listening to Carrie Hannon on Get the Funk Out. <laughs>